Welcome back to another episode of The Rants. I am Liam, joined again by Mr. Nick Zaricos. Uh So, Purdue just wrapped up the uh, crossroad against, classic against the Fighting Irish Notre Dame. Purdue winning uh, in the crossroad classic, which is a a rarity these days. Uh, I think that was only Matt Painter's... or No, sorry, that was Mike Bray's second loss against Purdue uh, during his time at Notre Dame in his six games. So, I mean, he usually does well against us in uh, in this event every year. And um, But Purdue won 88-78. And we talked about just a few days ago the Ohio State game being a big building point and a positive step forward. And this, I would say, an even bigger step forward Truly, if you look, if you look, I mean, yes, they only won by ten points, but if you look at the box score, there's a lot to like. Yeah, and I mean, Notre Dame. I don't think the record really reflects how good they are as a team. Mm-hmm. They played a pretty brutal schedule, as they usually like, do. As they usually yeah, do. Yeah, aside of a one cupcake game against Detroit, they've played like just perennial power. After yeah, I mean, they played Ohio State. They played Duke. They played Kentucky, who they beat. Michigan State. Yeah, I mean they they Notre Dame like Purdue year in year out has a very competitive non-conference and obviously conference schedule being in the ACC. So again, the two and three record you can't look into that too much. It's not like you're playing a non-power five team. Like they're a two and three power five team. They're going to be difficult. I mean, it's uh and and Mike we've said it, you know, in the preview in the lead up to this. Mike Bray's a great coach, so you can never underestimate his teams. Just like you can't really un- ever underestimate a Purdue team, no matter how young or un- inexperienced or how you know badly they may have played the game before. Just because Matt Painter is such a he is a good enough coach that you know you can never rule them out of a game. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and I mean they get good recruits too. You know what I mean? They're mm-hmm. they're even territorial wise, they're recruiting the same kind of kids that Purdue is recruiting. Maybe not all one and done NBA guys, but they're still recruiting like four-star guys mm-hmm. you know espn top 100 guys year in year out so they're getting good players yeah there. so let's dive into this this uh this box score a little bit just because as i mentioned you have to like what you see i mean this is the this is i'm not gonna say it's the blueprint but this is like a pretty ideal game plan if you're purdue right as a shooting yeah. team shooting 50 percent from three shooting almost 33s in this game, that's what you want. That's, I mean, that is max. That's, I mean, that's not sustainable throughout the whole season. Fifty percent, that would be unrealistic. But you really can't ask for a better shooting game than that. Yeah, I mean, even Notre Dame on the on the losing team was was shooting thirty nine percent, which mm. is that's obviously even as a team. If you shoot thirty nine percent, yeah, from three for the season, like you might be the best three point shooting team in the country. Yeah. Um, shooting both teams shooting a higher percentage from three than two mm. tonight, which is pretty funny. Yeah, but I mean, you, you obviously you want your, I mean, in a re, in a perfect world, you want your field goal percentage to be higher than your three point percentage, right? That just kind of is the way that things naturally happen. But like there, for in Purdue's case, for example, I I know there are a couple, you know, gimme gimme twos, gimme layups and dunks that you know rattled out that you know, you'd like to have back that probably will fall on a regular basis. So I'm not going to get too picky about the field goal percentage. I mean, you're still about 50%, which is 
decent in college, you know. So yeah. I'm not gonna get I'm not gonna harp on the field goal percentage too too much, especially because they shot fifty percent from three, right? Yeah. I think the the next thing is so against Ohio State, the teams combined had 111 shots. Mm. This game against Notre Dame, 126. That's where you want to be if you're Purdue. Yeah. You do not want to be playing 110, 115 possession games. You want to be playing closer to Well, and this isn't the team. This isn't these aren't the old Purdue teams where like you want to go late in the shot clock. You want to feed your bigs. You want to, you know, you want to take as much time. You want to have a slow pace, right? Last year I know Purdue had like one of the slowest paces in college basketball. And that's really because their only offense came from inside. Right. This year you have the inside game with Travion and Edie so far, but you also have so many weapons on the outside that like you know, you can switch it up, you can play a little bit faster. And you could see that especially like the last ten minutes, fifteen minutes of the game, right? Purdue kinda had some had a little bit of confidence, went on went on a run and um kind of maintained that like double digit lead the last 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 10, 15 minutes, you saw the pace where they were kind of like, you know what, I'm just going to spot up and shoot the three. We've been hot so far. Keep going. And it works. So like, especially in a game like this, when you are shooting very well, I have zero issue with the increased tempo. And it's something I think we should continue doing throughout the season. Yes, I agree. Uh, I think the increased tempo is actually better. Especially on a team when you have a lot of guards. I think the increased tempo is great. Yeah, absolutely, and I think that this is right around where you want, where you want to be. I mean, if if you're a team that you think, well, I'm gonna shoot better than my opponent. Maybe I'm not the greatest defensive team in the world, mm. but I'm gonna shoot better than my opponent. That's when you want that high pace, because when we talk about it, and this is gonna sound a little bit like nerdy, but if you if you have great defense but you're not a great shooting team so you have a a high statistical Mm -hmm. variance you want a low amount of possessions because that's what gives you the chances for those upsets that sometimes you see in like the tournament or something like that where like duke gets knocked off by some random team Mm. if you are a good shooting team and you have better percentages than the uh, opponent you want a high amount of possessions because with mm-hmm. the higher sample size comes lower variance and it increases the chance for the favorite to win. Of course. Yeah. 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 So Purdue coming as it is, we are the favored shooting team. That's when we want that high sample size, that, that low variance. Yeah. Basically. So this is yeah. what we want. No, I, I agree. And, and just looking at team stats, you, you, you've got to be happy with this game. And now if you go down into the individual level, you look at the starting five, right? They put Travion back in the starting five, which, I think this will probably be the starting five going forward. I really do. Um, because Mason Gillis is playing his tail off right now. And I think today's game was like a perfect... I think he was the player of the game, frankly, for Purdue. I mean, perfect... wrong. Yeah, I, he, he did nothing wrong. No turnovers. Didn't miss a shot anywhere, free throw line or from the field. Uh, 12 points, 9 boards, 3 offensive, 6 defensive rebounds, uh, and 1 assist. But the thing that I noticed watching this game, he, like I said again in the in the recap of the Ohio State game, he's kind of like that utility man. He's not the guy that's on the floor to score. He he knows his purpose on the floor is I'm gonna rebound, I'm gonna defend, I'm gonna you know chase the ball, stuff like that, right? I'm gonna do all the like nitty gritty work that doesn't really get noticed or recognized, right? He's not gonna be the guy that's going out there and scoring 20 points a game. But what I saw today was like 
exactly what Grady Eifert was his final season at Purdue, the year that they went to but more talented. The year they went to the Elite Eight. Yeah, like he's he's Grady Eifert, but bigger and more athletic and maybe more, more physically impotent. Yeah, physically talented, right? But the thing that I saw today, right? He wasn't hesitating on on shooting from the outside, right? He he makes the cuts, which is exactly what Grady Eifert did so well, right? He's not out there looking for his shot. He's there if you need him to, right? If you need him to hit a shot. But otherwise, he's going to chase the ball. He's going to rebound aggressively, right? He's going to... I saw Mason, Mason Gillis uh, three or four times alone in the second half just rip rebounds away from guys, both offensive and defensively. And, like, I mean, that's exactly the guy that Purdue needs, right? Because Travion's going to get doubled on the boards, right? And he's still a great rebounder. But you need that extra guy that's, like, going to go make that kind of hustle play. And that's Mason Gillis on this team this year. But also, he does that kind of, like, almost second big man, like, Mm. dump-off cut where Travion's, like, back to the basket, you know, and Travion is going to get doubled even more than he has been already. Mm-hmm. He kind of he's ready for that kind of dump off ball, and it's just a free layup. Yeah, and so that's that's what you want, you know. And maybe it's not his place at the moment to to you know go out, cross kids up, dunk on people's heads, <laughs> and, and you know score thirty. But it's you know it's going to come because eventually, like if he keeps shooting at this kind of rate, the volume's going to come. You oh, know what I mean? And, yeah, and, I mean that that'll happen for any player that that. Yeah, shoots efficiently. And and the thing is, I think that he's just kind of showing that like he belongs on the floor, mm. in, even in crunch time, in in big games. Like he's he doesn't let the moment phase him, at least at the moment. Which is you know you well, always you, you want a guy who can be a little bit like mean and and, 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 and you know get those rebounds away from people. Yeah. And, well, and and the you thing know. is, like you say, like he he doesn't shy away from big moments. I don't know if I'll go as far as to say that because we're only eight games into the season, and he's only eight games into his college career, right? But you've seen each game he's played, right? Since he started, he's had a more significant impact, and he's played better and better, right? So I just think like he's solidifying himself in that starting five, and he also is carving out like a very specific role in that starting five, which is like I'm the guy that's gonna clean everything up, right? That's gonna like keep possessions alive which is absolutely necessary on this Purdue team, but also just, like, in college basketball in general, right? Yeah, I mean, offensive rebounds are extra possessions. Yeah, yeah, especially in college basketball where possessions are more important, obviously, than, you know, in the NBA. And and in general, people don't shoot as well. Like, Mm -hmm. in the NBA, you just kind of – and that's why people joke, like, oh, there's no defense played in the NBA. It's like, well, it's not really. It's also that people just hit shots, Mm -hmm. right, versus in college, like – that kind of like hustle defense where like you it might not be more. the most yeah you might not be the most athletic dude you might not be like that freakish shot blocker but just by annoying a guy they might miss like that's much more important than college in the NBA because mm-hmm. you just don't have those kind of dead eye shooters in college at least not as many yeah you might play like one guy like that a year and that's the dude who goes to the NBA and one thing I will also mention since you just a few minutes ago mentioned big moments I will talk about Eric Hunter because he shot the worst on the team today six for excuse me six for 15 from the floor but still at 18 points and was four of seven from three but what i noticed watching the game was that man's confidence is about as high as it could be right now because he hit a number of shots to kind of stop notre dame runs and they were they were spot up threes there was one that was like it was it was a pull-up two 
that stopped a Notre Dame run and then it started a Purdue run at, you know, right after that. And then kind of Purdue just cruised to the finish. Right. But he hits the shots when you need him to like, like I mentioned to stop runs, which I is so, is so important in college basketball because college basketball is way more run based than in the NBA. I'd say, um, yeah, for the same reason, just because there's more variance. Yeah. But he didn't shoot very well, but you can tell Eric Hunter is extremely confident now that he's back from injury. And you have to imagine that the shooting percentage will level out a little bit more, in which case, yeah, you know, he's, he's going to go one for eight for yeah, two he's every go- game. He's like going to be, happen. he's going to be a problem. I mean, he had 18 points a day and he shot, you know, under 50%. And then to go along with that five boards and eight assists. And that leads into the next point I want to make and three seals too. The next point I want to make is the passing. You know, obviously you can't deny the correlation between the passing of the today's game and the fact that Purdue scored 88 points. Um, is that the ball moved a ton today. A ton. And I, again, last year we kind of were missing that because it just seemed like guys were uncertain. This game, if you can do this type of passing, you know, going forward... It's going to make it a lot easier for your offense. The uh, the ball did not stick today, which is like a staple of Matt Painter's offense. Yeah, and I think, again, um, in, in a lot of these like high possession, high speed kind of games, the, the, the rebounding is what really mm-hmm. like makes you happy to see. Purdue has pretty much out-rebounded their opponent, I think, in every game. If I'm not mistaken, this season, even when they lose, it's probably a fair. Teams. I mean, it's probably a fair assumption to and make. I, I, I know in the last few games they've definitely outrebounded opponents, mm-hmm. which, again, like so much of what we talk about, like being important in in college, has to do with just extra possessions, mm. extra possessions. Because again, you can't just be like, oh well, I'm just going to go and get shooters. Like that's not possible. So you have to do the best with what you have, and a really easy way to do that is. Well, just give him more chances to yeah. shoot, right? Well, there were there so, were. Sorry, continue. Finish. Finish your thought. No, and and, and that's and, th- and that's the way it is, and we see that eventually the shooting pos- uh, percentages they they come closer to the like statistical norm. Like you mm-hmm. look at Stefanovic, he was kind of off against Ohio State, and then Had he comes in today. and he's five of seven from three. Yeah. Which again, that's the water finds. You his, I mean, see. water finds his balance, right? Like it's yeah. the same principle, and I will say. The Ohio State game, Purdue had 33 total rebounds, right? And let's see. They had 40 rebounds against Notre Dame today. And I can remember distinctly there were two separate times in the second half where Purdue missed two shots, right? Got the offensive board for both of them, right? And then made the third, right? And that's like a backbreaker, let alone just like you want more possessions. That's a backbreaker to the opposing teams, you know, (laughs) their will essentially, right? Like... It's, it's, I'm sh- I don't know the exact statistics, statistics of it, right? I'm sure there's a ton of analytics on this, but like, I feel like the percentage of the, ch- the chance of a shot going in after two offensive boards is just so much higher because the defending team is like, just, right? I mean, they've had to defend for two, two different shots, right? Like, yeah. I don't there know the exact an- statistics on it, right? Like, I don't yeah, have there that. There are analytics to, to, to back it up because even if you assume like most big men are shooting within zero to two feet, something above 60 to 65%. Just everybody's doing that because you have a big guy close to the rim. Um, so if you've missed already 
you know, you've missed, let's say, a 65% chance once, and then you miss a 65% chance again, mm. the likelihood of you missing that 65% chance a third time is just lower statistically. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's uh, there are analytics to back that up. Again, uh, offensive rebounds, It's there's a reason that guys in the league get paid big bucks solely because they can offensive rebound. Yeah. I mean, there are dudes in the NBA because they can offensive rebound. Um, really quick, I did find a stat. Purdue has out-rebounded everybody except one team. And I want you to guess, uh, of close. the teams they played, who have they not out-rebounded? Because it's uh, probably not the one you think. So I'll, it I'll read it. Clemson, was it? No, it was not. So the teams we played, Liberty, Clemson, Oakland, Valpo, Miami, Florida, Tell Indiana me it's State, like Oakland, Ohio State. Some random like three-point shooting it, team. That it was Valpo. Those. Valpo out-rebounded Valpo. Purdue 31-29. But, that's a sad. I mean, 40 today, their season high, and it's coming against, you know, a, a still decent Notre Dame team. So, I mean, yeah. Purdue's I strength mean, is definitely the rebounding, and, and it showed today. Yeah, I think... I think also, like, this Notre Dame team is going to be kind of an extreme of the teams that we play this year. I mean, they played four guards, and their center isn't even really a center. Almost two-thirds of their shots were three-pointers. Yeah, I mean, they like... shot 41 threes. Like, that's like Houston Rockets kind <laughs> of three-point shooting in college. Yeah, like, that's, it's, it's a very that's, aggressive game That's plan. not normal. Right, and you can say like, "Oh, well, one of their guys had almost thirty, and it's like, yes, yeah." But then you look but at also their other guards shot like the twenty five percent. They have a the seven field. man rotation, and yeah. you know, one guy and nobody else shot well. <laughs> one guy went scoreless, and then you know their bench scored for fifteen. So it's not you know again that doesn't tell the whole story. Whereas Purdue, they spread it around really well. They had four starters in double figures, right, and then they had four guys off the bench score. So, I mean, yeah. Purdue's getting it from different places. One thing I will make a comment on, speaking of the bench, is I would like to see... See, it's tough because while we... it want, the While Purdue won by 10, right, it seemed like they were ahead just a little bit more than they were, so maybe I'm getting ahead of myself here. But I would have loved to see like someone like Jaden Ivey get maybe a more significant burn like the last five minutes of the game. Someone like Ethan Morton, right? Someone that I feel like is going to get more playing time later in the season. But, yeah. again, maybe that's me as a fan getting excited. I don't know. But maybe it's also just because I want to see Jaden Ivey play Notre Dame. You know, considering his mom is the women's head coach, I would have just loved to see see something happen. <laughs> I was waiting, I waiting for it all game. The one thing I'm confused about, and if I'm Painter, I want to address this, is like, why is Aaron Wheeler taking three shots and mm. all of them are threes? Yeah. I don't know wh- like, well, I have a problem with him taking shots. I have a problem with him taking threes. When he's not hitting them. Layups. In general, like, I will again, say. You're a 6'9 athletic dude. Go bang on someone. There was. So, two of those threes came, like, in the last, like, three minutes of the game, I feel like. Or I don't remember the exact time stamp, but, like, it was very late in the game. And it was it was a case where. He was the open guy in the corner, right? They kick it out to him, hits the three, it bounces out. We get the offensive board. He's still in the corner, wide open. They kick it back to him, and he missed again. So, like, two of those threes came right there. But you're right. Like, in that situation, he is open. So, I guess the right move is to take the three. But, like, maybe since he's struggling, you want him to just drive in and and finish strong at the rim. I don't know. 
But that over three, again, I don't want to read into it too much because two of them came in that like five second span at the end of the game. That's what he's looking for. You know what I mean? Yeah, I I, I don't know. Maybe he's trying to shoot himself out of it. I I don't really know. Tried to do last year. Yeah, but um, again, you want to see him start to hit three soon as we get into the Big Ten season. You. Or just don't take them. Yeah, exactly. To be brutal, like, or just don't take them. Mm-hmm. You know, because I mean? we're getting like, it's getting to the point where it's like, all right, it's now, it's now or never. Like the the window now is very short. You know, you're either gonna have to start like, making them or or do something different. And it's like it's not like he was ever a great shooter in his college career. So it's like I don't, I, I get it. You want to try to be a great shooter, also like for yeah, yourself. but don't force him into that role. Yeah, but it's also like. It's just if it's not gonna happen at the moment, then try to make other parts of your game better. Because mm. it's also it's not like Purdue has a dearth of three point shooters. Like we don't. Mm. We have a dearth of people who can drive to the rim and bang on people, though. So <laughs> maybe go do that. It's just like no. I mean, it's you have a guy who at, at his position is is just a mismatch physically at the college mm. level. And it's it's almost like when you're playing pickup and you have like that one six six dude, and it's like the dude wants to sit in the corner. It's like, why? Like go. <laughs> like we had we our high school had a kid who was like like six six right, and he played center for us. And it's like we all knew that when he went to college he would play small forward right. But it's like in high school the kid was playing center because I mean how many six seven kids are in random high school yeah. leagues or like you know what i mean unless you're playing like aau right but in random high school leagues there's not that many big dudes around mm. so it's like even at the college level to be six nine and athletic like you're just such a mismatch physically yeah it was especially his, his to be a stretch forward like no be a slasher <laughs> like yeah the one and and we this is switching gears almost completely right now but i just saw on the stat sheet we talked about Purdue really struggling with turnovers so far this season. I only had six this game, which is yeah. by far the lowest on the season. Yeah. Um, That's actually the happiest thing I saw. Yeah. From, I mean, uh, Hunter tonight. again, and like that Eight goes assists, with, no the, turnovers. that goes with the, the number of shots, right. That Purdue took. Right. And also just the number of points they were able to score. Right. Like if you don't, it sounds stupid, but like the less you turn the ball over, the more shots you have, the more chance you have to make the shots. Right. So, and it also builds confidence, right? You don't lose your momentum. You don't lose a possession for no reason, right? So I think that all plays into just the flow of the game and, you know, Purdue's ability to kind of stay ahead. This is the yeah. first Purdue game in a while that I've really felt, you know, against a, not to be uh, rude, but like against a real opponent. This is the first game I've felt in a while where it's like, okay, yeah, I mean, we're up 10-ish points, but like, I feel good that we're not going to, let that lead slip right which if you're a purdue fan you know the feeling of watching purdue play basketball there's always that thought that creeps into your mind like uh, i still just don't feel you know like i can commit to uh to being confident so again and part of that is just like keeping momentum and and not giving the ball away right yeah and i think that you know in the last the last great Purdue seasons, it was always like we had that one identifiable star, right? Mm-hmm. Who was like, oh, well, he's just like carrying Caleb us. Swanigan, Carson yeah, Edwards, Carson right? Carson Edwards. But it's, if you look at, I'm not talking about like the teams that win like the national title. Obviously, they have like one or two, you know, NBA guys on the team. But if you look at the teams that get far in general, it's whether that's play. in their conference, yeah, it's, it's, it's cohesion. It's democratic, it's democratic scoring, basically. 
where you can have a couple guys who go off on any given night, right? Yeah. And the thing is with the with the turnovers is, you know, what our our coaches always tell us, and in in my sport it's the same thing. It's a, a turnover is basically a free a free goal, mm-hmm. a free a free basket, right? Or it's a clear path foul, which is also not ideal, mm. right? You know, or it's a flagrant if you do it from behind. So it's it's just the less like again, it sounds very stupid, but like <laughs> the less turnovers. Yeah. It's not just that you're getting yourself more chances to succeed. It's also you're giving the opponent less, you know, yeah. unearned and if you're, opportunities. Yes, to succeed. if you're if you're giving them less hundred percent guaranteed buckets. Like that's bringing their percentage overall down as well, mm. right? I would say, um, flipping gears, the the biggest critique I have in this game is like Purdue's interior defense was atrocious today, especially in the second half. I can't. There were a number of times. See, here's the thing. Like we said, Notre Dame only attempted twenty shots inside the paint. Twenty, right? That's a a very low number for college basketball and like you can make the argument notre dame strength isn't really in their bigs which i would agree with that but they played four guards the whole game but Purdue's interior defense there were like four or five cases that i can remember in the second half alone where purdue it wasn't really transition but like purdue's wasn't picking up uh like a driving man to the hoop and he just got an uncontested layup there were like four guys around the box right and nobody like picked up the guy as he went down the lane and and i think robbie hummel the you know who was doing color for that game even pointed out like nobody's picking that guy up and no one's rotating right so that's the one it's thing like everybody's picking up the shooter and for the kick out and nobody's yeah. picking up like the man actually like so there were a rack. couple just completely uncontested layups right and if like you were in Notre Dame, you'd think maybe you'd try and capitalize on that a little bit more, but they didn't. Uh, so that's a huge thing that going forward into Big Ten play is going to be, yeah. you know, a big, you know, check mark that Purdue's going to have to look at because and, and, and people, because the Big Ten is, you know, extremely it's an interior interior based, right? Yeah. Especially if you look at the players in it. So. I think also like people are gonna be like, well, Notre Dame only shot eight for twenty from two, like the can't be. But that has to more do with Notre Dame missing layups and dunks than it does with yeah, I, Purdue because rejecting people. Like, yeah, because if, uh, most teams are not gonna shoot eight for twenty, and they're gonna take more no. shots and they're gonna make more. So it's there's a very um, I say I I feel like that's the biggest critique I have in this game, the biggest point of emphasis going into iowa next week which is going to be like the most necessary you know that's a big game for for the interior defense so you're you're almost wondering if you're going to play like two bigs or like one and a half bigs i mean you're going to need all hands on deck because that i i already can see that game is going to have a lot of fouls on the big men because it's just it's going to be a lot of contact and uh you know we already know we already know really we already know how the refereeing works in the Big Ten. You know, you get fouled a lot of the time just for being big, not necessarily because you're, you know, fouling. So, yeah, and and the thing is, like, and this is gonna sound kind of bad, but I also don't care. <laughs> if you're gonna foul, if like, if you know you're gonna get called for a foul, make it right? worth it. Make him miss make, the shot. You gotta get your money's worth out of it. Like, make sure that he's not make. Like, this is gonna sound like some like psycho T stuff from like the North Carolinas, <laughs> but like. 
it's like bad true. boys pistons man yeah like when the when Jordan psycho rule. t was <laughs> playing they were like you know what you are gonna earn those points mm-hmm. yeah because you, know you don't want to let them get the n one stuff like that and it's also like send a message it, it's get a him off his rhythm thing. it's a fatigue thing like again i can i can say this uh coming from my sport like getting hit hard it drains you physically the same way that running a lot drains you physically. So especially if you're a bigger human who already gets tired faster anyways, like that contact fatigue is going to wear on him. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And and that's what you kind of want. You don't want to be seen as like, oh, it's an easy bucket in the paint. Now, here's the thing. The interesting part of that, right, is Luca Garza physically is a bigger human than Travion. Right, and Edie may have the height on him, but definitely doesn't have the weight. So it'll be interesting to see how that works, right? Yeah. I think the best, like, if you look at it, obviously the best way to to defend him is... I would say you want to force him outside. Yeah, Yeah. you want to make him get the ball farther away from the hoop. Because he can shoot the three, but if if you can live with Luka Garza taking mostly threes in a game, right, you are doing something right. And Purdue did that really well last year, right, when they played Iowa. They they defended Luka Garza very well. So, I mean, hopefully Matt Painter has something else up his sleeve to, to slow him down. That'll be a great game. I mean... And it's... The Big Ten, most Big Ten games this year, I can tell you right gonna now, are going to be very competitive and also just very fun to watch because there's there's so few just bad teams and there's a lot of like very intriguing, very closely matched up teams. Um, so I'm very look very much looking forward to this I game. Think it's, I think it's a, it's a case also of like everybody's gonna be like, oh well, why don't you just defend the guards closer and like prevent him from getting the ball? It's like that's. That's not realistic because no. like and I'd rather have they know how to play basketball too. Yeah, right? like, but I'm stupid. And I and I the thing is like with Iowa, like I would rather take away their bigs and let their guards beat me, right? Like I feel way more comfortable doing that than the other way yeah, around. Yeah, so it's like you want like they're gonna find a way to get the ball to guards. To guards like, that's I mean, their no game doubt. Plan. Also, they're gonna force feed the him. ball at the elbow. Yeah, you want him getting the ball at the elbow or even farther out. You don't want him getting the ball on the block. The other thing I want, take two steps I also, two. I do want Purdue to feed their bigs because if you get Luca Garza into foul trouble, that that's the other you thing. take Iowa's game plan away from them, right? Like that would be the ideal thing. Like you get Luca Garza to two or three fouls in the first half, that changes the yep. game completely. So. Which, it's, and, and there's there's two ways to do that, right? You can either be like, all right, we're going to give it to, like, Travion and Edie and just hope that he, like, whacks him on the way to the mm, hoop. Mm-hmm. Or you say, hey. You want to get him outside to, yeah, you know, hey, you switch him yeah, onto a guard. You, or you get you get a slasher even. You say, hey, if we can beat our guard off the rip, he's going to come in for the help defense and just club a guy going up for a layup. Mm-hmm. And it's a free foul. That's yeah. when you want guys like Ivy and, and Wheeler who are, you know, Slashers, kind of, more athletic. Those, those kind of, yeah, exactly. Like. Beat your first man, like break that first line, and just even throw up something. Like even if you miss, because he's gonna rotate over, and he's not the fastest dude, right? I mean, he's yeah. not like one of these like super explosive like Anthony Davis types. Mm-hmm. He's a lot more like lumbering, yeah, to use that word. So he's gonna come over and just club you, and it's gonna be a free. Even if you miss the free throws, it's not even about the free throws. Yeah, at that it's point, about it's making more... that dude get mm-hmm. fouls. Mm-hmm. I completely agree. Like, that and, sounds and then... super like anti-sportsmanship but that's the way the game is played yeah right? i mean that's strategy and you know yeah. that's the way it is but another guy i'd look to do some of that is eric hunter and he did he does that all the time he did that last year he does it he's done it so far this year is he does that like drive to the hoop you know a fake into a spin into a like a fadeaway jump like a two 
he does that all the time and he usually gets the big to switch on him i would look for him to do like a pump fake get the guy in the air and get the foul right like that's that's like a staple move i've seen from eric hunter so again that i again, think he's not the most nimble big so just use that against him. and he's not the best defender either so like he's prone to these types of games i think and and i think it's like that's it's like the strategy defense my think, defense is being large and i think that's really the best strategy going into the game like to deal with luca garza right like you want to get him to foul trouble and you want to force him as far away from the basket as possible right you want to you want him if he's gonna score you want him to put as much work in as possible right so he gets and make them tired use the shot clock like mm-hmm. we're a team that can run better in transition mm-hmm. and and you saw it again today like if if you can take a shot in the beginning of the shot clock and score then you're forcing them it's almost like in in in, in football where you're like man sometimes the team is so good that they lose the time of possession battle but they win the game by well it's 40. like because like let's say because they get on the field and score immediately well, but here's the thing yeah like if you want to use the football analogy right like let's say patrick mahomes drives down the field in like two minutes scores right the other team gets stopped really quickly that's that's the making the shot early in the shot clock right the other team gets stopped very quickly or whatever then you have to then you have to sustain you know play defense for another patrick mahomes drive right like the defense is going to be tired it's the same way in basketball right if you make the other team work for a shot right you take the ball away you score very quickly you have to make them do that again like it's you know it wears on yeah, a team over the course of the game he's not a dude who can play the whole game there's no big man who can play the whole game no, especially not, not at his size no it's just not possible but, and it wouldn't be smart from the Iowa coach because you're getting just a diminished product by mm, the end of the game at that point and you want him in there in crunch time that's a l- so if, yeah if you can get a, a a stretch in the middle where he has to sit on the bench either for fatigue reasons or for foul reasons, you might you might even see like random dudes on the Purdue bench just like going off against the Iowa second unit because they don't have a dude beating the crap out of them every time <laughs> they go to the rim. Yeah, I mean, again, that'll be a very fun game very to watch, and it it's it's a big game for Iowa. It's a big game for Purdue, but it's a bigger game for Iowa because they're they are right now. I mean, the third in the country, and they're projected to win the big 10 so like if they lose very early in the big 10 season you know the pressure is on them even more to to be great throughout the season that'll be i mean it's a late tip off nine o'clock on tuesday and we'll have we'll have our wrap up probably that wednesday right after um you know hopefully with good news but um you know until then either way yeah until then we'll we'll wrap this one up here we'll you'll hear from us again uh you know very soon we're going to be doing our nba predictions for the season talk a little bit about a little bit more about some of the you know storylines going on in the nba uh but until then uh for nick i'm liam uh we'll wrap it up there see ya